Hi, I'm Sean O. McCarthy, founding editor of the Comics Comic. Found wherever you can type the Comics Comic into your electronic devices. Welcome to Last Things First, the show that asks comedians about the historic lasts and firsts in their lives as their comedy careers have blossomed, from young people's dreams to adult people living those dreams, or still dreaming. Questions both big and small are asked and answered. It's hopefully both amusing and illuminating. With degrees in English and theater, Catherine Cohen not only graduated from Princeton University, but also delivered a humorous speech at her own graduation. Five years later, Cohen became one of New York City's newest it girls, bringing the cabaret community back into the mainstream of comedy. She's all over magazines such as Interview and GQ. On screen, you've already seen her in the finale of Comedy Central's Broad City, as well as an episode of HBO's High Maintenance. She'll soon appear on the big screen in the movie Lovebirds. And all the while, Cohen holds court in the East Village with Henry Kapersky as her accompanist on piano, weekly at Alan Cummings' Club Coming, and monthly at Joe's Pub. In August 2019, she's taking her show on the road to the UK for the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. To twist, she's gorgeous. We caught up with her in San Francisco in June, where Cohen performed on several shows as part of Comedy Central's Clusterfest. After our chat, we'll listen to our first breakout song with Kapersky, Look at Me. So let's get to it! Okay. Here or am I here? Okay, Colin, you're here. Oh my god. How so, are you? So I'm great. How about yourself? Incredible. I'm having the time of my life. So last things first. How do you, <laughs> how do you get picked to speak at your college graduation? Oh, amazing. Cute. Well, actually, they like to have two people do funny speeches. Mm-hmm. So you submit a written speech and then you audition for the role of you know class how, day speaker. Do you know how many people submitted? I have it? no idea. Probably not that many. Um I don't know, but I, I had seen, like, the past years, people who did it, and I was like, that, I have to do that. I was mm-hmm. like, I got to do it. Okay, so we're both Princeton grads, but, twi- I know. but 20 years apart. Yes. Which means we share every major reunion. Oh, exactly 20 years? Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Wait, what year were you? 93. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, I love that. So, so my people, I'm going to ask who you're, my people, yeah. my other, like, creative comedy weird people are not so weird. They include um, Matt Eisman host of American Ninja Warrior. Oh, wow, wow, and wow. And Mark Feuerstein. Oh, yeah, I met Mark. Yeah. So he was 93? Yeah. He, so last year was your, what? I'm bad 25th. at math. Your 20, oh, that was the big one. Yeah. Yeah, and it was my fifth. Yeah. So, who, you just so who were the other people in your year? No. That are doing cool things? <laughs> <laughs> uh, a lot of people, way to do a lot of people are in are finance. You? Yeah. <laughs> Is that cool? Um, my class year? Let me think. Are there other comedic people? I feel year? like no. I feel like it's so rare for a Princetonian to go into the arts. Sadly. Yeah, we don't. We don't have the same history of like the Harvard with the lamp. No, not at all. And they don't like. I remember going to career services when mm-hmm. I was an undergrad, and they were just so deeply unhelpful, <laughs> and like had no. Because I wanted to know, you know, how can I spend my summer so I can meet people and mm-hmm. be doing something creative, and they just were not. And yet. For two of your summers, you did spend taking classes at UCB. I did spend some, yes, because I, w- I went to the Williamstown Theater Festival mm-hmm. and was an apprentice there, and they had um, Neil Casey from the UCB come and teach classes. Oh, okay. And it was so fun. So every day we had improv class, and I was like, what the hell is this? That was your first exposure to yeah, UCB? I loved it, yeah. I'd done like little improv games in like theater class and stuff, mm-hmm. uh, 
But that was the first time I heard about like UCB tri- and triangle? game. I was in Triangle. Were you in Triangle? No. So what did you do? You say you were NAS Weekly. Yeah, it was NAS Weekly. I was more of a writer. Oh my god. Yeah. Amazing. All the coolest people in like my time were NAS Weekly. They called it the NAS, and they had cool sweatshirts. Yeah. <laughs> does that check out? It does check out. <laughs> uh, they're kind of the bohemian. Type. Yeah, which is rare. Yeah. There. Um, but let's talk more about you. Oh my god, I'd love to. Yes. <laughs> Okay, so you did Triangle Acapella? Yeah, of course. Obviously. Of course. Um, but you were thinking more serious acting, not comedic. Oh, I don't know. I just always grew up doing theater, and I wanted to be an actress. And um, I guess I would play funny parts and stuff, and I thought mm-hmm. I was funny. But I didn't know that you could like be a comedian. I didn't know what that was or what that even meant. I wasn't really like a comedy nerd growing up or anything. So when Neil Casey shows up to do classes at Williamstown... yeah. Did that open your eyes to totally. the world? Totally. A bit. Yeah. I was like, what is this world? I know I want to do more of this. Mm-hmm. So I just sort of knew when I got to New York, I would keep doing that. But I didn't know that from that, I would sort of meet, you know, stand-ups and find out like about sketch comedy and all that. So, yeah. Well, where did you, so where did you end up going first in New York? Well, what happened? I moved to New York the day after I graduated. Mm-hmm. I was taking this like acting intensive at this very like... You know, lots of, like, rolling on the floor, shaking, and, like, that kind of acting class. And, like, lots of crying and, like, spitting and stuff and masks and, you know, all the, all the over-the-top chaos, uh, which I did love. And then I was started taking UCB class and then just started meeting comedians and kind of realized that everyone there kind of did everything. Like, everyone in my classes was also doing stand-up and also was on a sketch team and wanted to be uh, making videos and blah, blah, blah. And I was like... When you signed up for classes at UCB, were you... Just signing up for improv or sketch or writing? What were you? Just improv. Okay. Yeah, I never took a sketch class there. Um, Yeah. I'm trying to picture you on a Herald team. No, I'm not really good at improv, I don't think. (laughs) I mean, I, no, I like being more in control (laughs) of what happens. Now I like to, you know, like go off on stage, but only because I have uh, things to come back to. So how many classes did you take at UCB? Uh, Three, three or four. Okay. And then I ended up going, being on a sketch team there. Okay. Because at one, at one point, they, now they're so strict about rules. Like, you have to take this many classes and do this many things to audition. But the year I auditioned for, to act on Mod Night, um, there weren't as many rules. So I got to do that for two years. What team were you? I was on a team called Lover. And then I was on a team called Mama's Gotta Go. I was absent at the voting meeting for that team name. <laughs> and I uh, regret that. It was fine. <laughs> <laughs> Are there any people from the Mod team that you're still collaborating with now? Or? Oh, yeah. I mean, maybe maybe not collaborating with, but I'm still close with. Um, Matt Gehring was on my first team, and he became a close friend. And his wife, actually, Shana Taub, is like this oh, fantastic, yeah. brilliant songwriter. And so she, it's kind of like a, a crossover of all the worlds. Like the, She's part of the theater scene, and then her husband does comedy, and then right. I kind of now exist in, in between those spaces, I like to think. And you got a job at the pit? Yeah, so really, deep, was... really a deep dive. <laughs> I got a job working part time in the office of the pit, and then I also took some classes there for free. Okay, um, which well, was good. So, what was your job in the office? Oh my god, I was horrible at my job. Um, what was my actual job? I was did like you an administrator. People or no? Did I what? Interact with people in this job? Or? No, no. I was literally in the basement with like this like tiny office, no windows, like a wet floor, and all the desks were made out of like cardboard. Um, I guess I was answering phones mm-hmm. and then like 
emails, just like an admin assistant okay. type thing. I was famously very bad at my job. And the artistic director at the time, this guy Kevin Labson, who's really wonderful, he um, had me on a show he was producing last summer, and he was like introduced me as one of the worst employees he'd ever had. <laughs> but he was grateful. Hey, it's still credit. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. What was your goal then? Did you did you have like a a five year plan or a three year plan? I guess I thought I would like be auditioning for things. Um, right, because. Mo- if you're on a sketch team at UCB, you're probably thinking at some point maybe I'll get to audition for SNL. Exactly. Or... I think that's the myth. It, may, it probably, probably was true like 10 years ago or whatever. Or I'll, or I'll get Just for Laughs characters and then from there I'll get seven. I know. Another, another myth. Yeah. <laughs> There's no path. There's no stepping stone. It can be frustrating, but ultimately uh, empowering. So, yeah, I guess I thought I would do all that stuff and I thought I'd get, that's how I would get like an agent and all that kind of stuff but it wasn't until i started doing my own producing my own show with my friends mitra jahari and patty harrison and how, doing my own solo stuff how did you meet mitra and patty for the first time mitra and i met at the edinburgh fringe festival um in uh the summer after i graduated did yeah, you have wait, a show was I there? No. no i was there's this uh you know the improv group baby wants candy yeah so they like to take um interns with them to hand out flyers the fringe oh, so basically okay. they had come to princeton and they were like uh we liked you know if you guys can fly yourself to scotland we'll put you up for the month and mm-hmm. you can just hang out and see shows and pass out these flyers and i was like that sounds awesome and it was like the best month of my life so a year after college you get to spend the month of august in edinburgh i guess wait i guess it was right that summer right after yeah i just oh, graduated Went to New York for a few months, mm-hmm. left for the Edinburgh Festival, then came back. And so, yeah, I met Mitra like the first night at the festival, and we just fell in love. Yeah. She was an intern for Baby Wants Candy also? She was like in charge of the interns. Oh, she wow. was like my little boss. And I was, again, bad at that job, too. What was your first <laughs> impressions of each other? Oh, my God. I was like, this is the funniest girl I've ever met in my life. We just were like, the first, I just like looked at her. We like were at this bar, and she just said something, and I started laughing so hard. And then we just spent the whole night talking, and I was like, this woman's so funny and smart. And she, I remember her being like, what do you want to do? And I was like, I don't know. What do you want to do? And she's like, I'm going to be a comedian. I'm going to write for TV. I'm going to do all... And she was just like so on top of her shit. And I was like, who is this girl and how does she know all this stuff? And she taught me so much. So when, when she... Three Busy Debras, right? Yeah. When they booked themselves into Carnegie Hall. Yeah. What, what did you make of, of watching her oh and them go through God. that process? Oh, my God. It was so... It was, that was one of the most special nights of my life. They were so wonderful and it was like everyone from the New York comedy scene was there everyone was all dressed up and they asked me to like sing a little section from the balcony during the show so I was very nervous the whole time because I knew I'd have to stand up in the middle of the audience at Carnegie Hall and sing a little tune and um, actually it was so funny at the rehearsal for that they were like just come to the rehearsal and you can practice your singing thing and at this point I wasn't doing any songs or anything and after that rehearsal I left I almost started crying because I was like wow I miss singing so much I've just been doing stand-up and sketch, and I really love singing. And that kind of um, inspired me to start writing songs for my act. So I'm very grateful to them for that. Had you already met Henry? I met Henry, like, in passing. Okay. And then I had a friend suggest that I do this sort of cabaret workshop thing at 54 Below. And I was like, hey, Henry, like, I know you play piano. Can we write a song together for this thing I'm doing? And he was like, sure. And then that was, that's when the magic What was started. your knowledge of cabaret before you took the workshop? I don't even get what cabaret is. Well, <laughs> it's everything. It's, it can be anything. 
I guess it's like anyone on stage doing what they want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's my definition of cabaret. Yeah. So how long did it take before you were writing songs with Henry? I guess that, so I, that program was December 2016. Mm. That was the first song we wrote. Okay. And then uh, within the next two months, we'd written a, like, ten, like 10 more songs, and I was doing our, my first like, solo show at the Duplex. It was how February you, 2017. I was just about to say, how did you get that first show up and running? Who, maybe Peter Smith had mm-hmm. given me the info at the duplex. They'd done a show there and I reached out and, um, yeah, I probably did 30 minutes of songs. And then I had friends, uh, as guests. And then we just kept building upon that and doing more shows until it was just me doing an hour at the duplex. And then finally, then with the help of my agents, then we got a slot at Joe's pub exactly a year ago, June 21st, 2018 was our first show at Joe's pub. So about a year, year and a half. Mm-hmm. Wait, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Was that was that longer than you thought it would take to 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 move up the up the ladder or It's so funny. I actually I had I had a coffee once with Kevin Labson who was the artistic director of the pit when I worked there mm-hmm. after I'd quit and I was just asking him for advice and stuff and he was like he was like, you'll be famous in five years. And I was like, five years? Fuck that. That's forever. <laughs> and now I'm like, oh, no, that's actually not forever. Time right. flies. No, because the one of the... <laughs> speaking of old, like, show business myths, they'll say, like, you know, everybody thinks about overnight success, but no, it takes 20 years in the business before yeah. you're going to break I out. I don't think anyone's an overnight success, unless it's, like, some kid in the middle of nowhere gets cast in some big blockbuster movie, and then they're... All of a sudden, some Hollywood darling. But no, I mean, at least for comedians, everyone's been doing this forever. What was... I know that, you know, you're a hit at Joe's Pub now. Oh, the thank you. The show... Well, don't thank me. The, <laughs> the, the ticket sales speak for themselves. Mm. I mean, the shows sell out. So you have to get in early if you want to be Hell part yeah. of that show. Love and, that. The, and the weekly show that you have, <gasps> that Club yes. Coming... Yes, it's the best thing in my life. That show, like the last time I went, I, I got there like a half hour in and I couldn't get even get in the building. Oh my God, well... Talk to me. Was, I'll get you a seat front row. Because it was packed. Oh, my so, God. When did you come? This was a few months ago now. Oh, wow. Great. Yeah. Um, yeah. But how was it immediate? Like once you got to Joe's Pub, because the duplex, you know, shows go on there. But Joe's Pub is an institution in New York. Yeah. Was, was the reaction to you immediate or did it take a couple shows before people were like, oh, I think it was pretty immediate. You gotta immediate. see this cat color. <laughs> I think it was pretty immediate because I'd already been selling out the duplex pretty quickly and just sort of building a following on social media, which has been really helpful. So the first Joe's show sold out. And then what happened was after the first Joe's show, um, this woman, Laura something from the Village Voice, mm-hmm. uh, RIP, sadly, she yes. wanted to do a profile on me. And Sorry I feel for like. Journalism. Yeah, and then I feel like. When she wrote that piece, then things really started to take off. And okay. that was um, after my first show. So that was like July of last year. Then the past year has just been like a steady build. Yeah. Have you, had you ever given consideration to the concept of uh, it girls? <gasps> oh, my God. I always thought they were blonde. <laughs> Until now. <laughs> I think those are wigs. <laughs> um, an it girl. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'd die to be an it girl. Would you really? Love it. Well, you are one, don't you Thank think? Thank you. Yeah, I guess the only fear is that it girl implies it's like of the moment. Right. And you never want to be a passing fad. <laughs> I'm here to stay, baby. 
<laughs> well, I guess that's that leads into the, like the next question. Like, how do you? You're still on the building process. I mean, yeah, you're still kind of in the early stages of expanding the brand to other cities, <gasps> LA, here in San Francisco for Clusterfest. Yes, you're going to spend Edinburgh as a performer. Yes, this summer. Yes, what's the what's the process like in terms of spreading the word about not just what you do with with musical comedy, but uh-huh. just getting the word out about your style of comedy. Hmm. So it's not just a downtown New York thing. Yeah, well, I'm developing a TV show that I hope will be musical mm-hmm. and comedic, and hopefully that will be ideally a way to transfer what I love about my stage act to a wider audience. So that's like we're just beginning that process, okay. which will be probably long and uh, long and I don't know what to expect, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. But um, yeah, I just want to continue doing my show uh, in cities that I want to go to. And um, I'm working on a special as well. So hopefully we'll get that out soon. Yeah. Have you taped it? So we taped a sizzle. Mm hmm. Uh, in LA. Okay. And was that a dynasty typewriter? Yes. And I've been working with this wonderful director, the wonderful Steve Brill, who did, um, Sandler's last special. So he's been helping me and has been just like a guardian angel, a gift from above guiding me in that process. So hopefully we will sell a special soon. And then that way more people can watch my stuff outside of New York. What have you learned also from from being uh, cast in episodes of High Maintenance and Broad City and seeing how those creators and crews have built themselves <gasps> up from the downtown I know. Scene. What have you learned from, from them? Oh, my God. Getting to High Maintenance was the best thing that's ever happened to me in my life. Um, I don't know. Everyone who works in that show is so kind and passionate and, like, so invested. I think... Mm. It's so amazing because it's truly like their thing and there's not a million people being like, it has to be this, it has to be that. They just do what they want to do. So, oh, I don't know. Just keep doing your thing and be nice to people. <laughs> and surround yourself with people who you like look up to and admire. It's, it's what I feel like those people do and it's working. Also, well, on that same tack, what have you learned from, from Mitra and Patty moving, oh my God. moving to L.A.? My girls, um... It doesn't really feel that different because for the past two years, they've been kind of going back and forth anyways. Mm-hmm. And now we're all traveling a lot. So I probably see them like the same amount, even if, as I would, even if they were in New York. Okay. And it's nice to have them out there because then when I go, I know I feel more at home and all that. Yeah. What would you, speaking of going back to career services <laughs> and how helpful they were, if, you know, when you become an even bigger star, oh my inevitably, gosh. you know... Princeton will want you to come back and speak or yeah. and perform and show up at career services. What would you <laughs> tell the undergrads? Well, it's funny because someone called me from career services this summer and was like, we're trying to do something for students interested in the arts. Like, is there some kind of show of yours that we could take them to, or could you do some sort of panel thing? And I was like, try, I was like, I, I was trying so hard not to be rude on the phone. I was like, Oh, what an interesting idea. I know. I was like, I was like, it's so, I was so passive aggressive. I was like, it's so great to hear that you're doing this because when I was there, there was a real lack of this kind of thing. Um, no, I would just, what would I tell them? Um, 
I wish someone had encouraged me earlier to write more, to write more. I was always just being like, I'm an actress, but I feel like you have to make your own stuff. That's what everyone says, but it's true. Right. And to not be scared to write many different kinds of things and, and share them with people. Cause it's really, especially at Princeton, it can be intimidating. Like I didn't, I didn't get around to taking a creative writing class till the end of my senior year because I was too nervous and too insecure. And when I finally did, I took this wonderful poetry class and it like opened my whole world up because I finally had to share something with someone. And that's like the first step. That's the first step to, to writing catchy songs. That Yes. Poems or songs, songs or poems, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Hmm. Kekon, I know I have to let you go because you've got performances. We're doing the Romy and Michelle thing. I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then I have actually some Princeton friends are, who live here are going to come today. So I'm going to go nice. meet up with them before the show. Do you ever feel like uh, you're going to, when you go back to a reunion, whether it's high school or college, you're going to pull over? Like a Romeo and Michelle come in <laughs> on your helicopter? Oh my God, can you imagine? Um, yes, I will absolutely be taking an orange and black helicopter to my 25th. <laughs> can you imagine? <laughs> no, no, no. Who knows? Who knows? But yeah. All right. So I won't hold you to it. Well, I won't make any promises. Okay. Hopefully I'll be doing something too fabulous to attend. <laughs> Agreed. Thanks. Oh my God. Thank you so much. Hello. Uh...
This episode of the Comics Comic Presents Last Things First was produced by Alex Brazell at Showbiz Studios. The music by Camille Harris and Shockwave, logo by Gigglechick. Please check out my website, thecomicscomic.com, for more interviews, reviews, and comedy news. Become a paid subscriber at patreon.com. I'm your host, Sean McCarthy. Thanks for listening. Thanks first.